0: Before we start today, a quick disclaimer. All views expressed are our own and do not indicate the opinions of any employers or clients for whom we work. The recommendations or advice given in this podcast may or may not be right for you depending on the circumstances. Please bear this in mind before taking any action. Hello and welcome to Charting Tracks and this is part two of our episode, Making a Living in Music. I'm Chris O'Gorman and I'm joined today by my lovely co-hosts Amelia Yacoub and Ben Hennessy-Garside. Amir is a producer and Grammy Award winning engineer, a co-owner of Bison Production Studios and a director of Garnish Music London. Ben is a highly esteemed voice coach, a multi-instrumentalist composer and producer, a music lecturer at Leeds Conservatoire where he teaches on the popular music course and has also been an A&R scout. I'm Chris, I'm a digital marketing strategist. I was formerly head of digital at Capital Records UK and before that a digital manager at Sony Music. I've been a music journalist and I now run a digital consultancy providing artist development branding and marketing thanks for listening and watching and here is part two of making a living in music so what you're seeing is artists doing the sort of you know they build up buzz and they build up following and there's, you know they're nowhere near necessarily being household names but they have that following and sort of like a cult following or they have a lot of buzz around them and already brands kind of want to tap into that and artists want to because they need to live (laughs) so that's and Ben how does this how do you communicate this and um, instill this into developing artists and students so I I I don't do it personally I don't do it directly
1: Mm. Um, because the, the the other piece to this um is that actually in the construction of a of, of a brand or an artistic persona? That's actually also an artistic and creative endeavor. Mm. So the, the the stuff that we've already talked about, where it's relevant on core values, on on archetypes, on um, considering what an artist or what they as artists represent beyond just, well, I put these, these notes in these, or in this order, that there's the, what's, how are you, that, that, that question and, and building that kind of into the music all the way along, that's, that's the, to the extent that I go with, with the students, just because of
0: that's what my role is. Um, but that's the foundations, isn't it? for,
1: yeah, it's it, so it's kind of like you, if if you wanted then as an artist to uh, take that and monetize it, like then you can. It's like because yeah. you you know who you are, you know what you're saying, right. you know who your kind of tribe is, you know the kinds of people who you're gonna want to make music for, um, and and where that's gonna be. And so you only have to ask a couple of questions once you've got that information. And it's well okay. Well, we could work with that brand, and we could work with that brand, um, and and we'll be able to sell um, our merch in these places. And uh, even even the decisions on like how much touring you might do, and the mm. way you might tour, and the gigs yeah. that you play. Types of if you yeah, know yeah. yourself as an artist, and you know like you really know what your persona is and who you are, you can make. Better decisions about which venues to play, which forums to hang out on, which like the the whole thing can then grow from that place. Yeah. And crucially, um, it's embedded in the art itself.
0: Yeah. And
1: I, th- I think this is this is one of the um, one of the friction points and the sticking points that artists get themselves into, which is that you know I'm a creative, mm. I don't want to be thinking about a business sure. plan. I don't want to be thinking about, you know, the numbers on a spreadsheet. That's not what I, that's not what I'm here for. Like I'm I'm here to create. I'm here to be connected to God, life, the universe, and everything. And I want, you know, that, that's what you know, that's what I'm here for. And I and I want to just do my thing and trust that 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 I'm doing what I'm doing. So all of that's included. Mm-hmm. So the advantage of working in the way that I think we've already laid out in the podcast, to be fair, mm. and I, it, it's not a surprise that the monetizing thing has come last. Mm. Like that's partly it's, why it's we've the thing done that it. happens last as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's the <laughs> thing, thing that happens through. last. But also, you need that that link back, mm. right? Mm. And especially now, like especially now with with coronavirus and with you know like I'm talking to people and they're talking about um, how the music industry is kind of over ended. And it's like, what's keeping me afloat in this time is a, I'm lucky enough to be, I'm still getting paid. Right. Because I'm in, I'm in, I'm in education. Mm. So a am still getting paid. So that's great. Fab. But if there isn't an industry for my students to move into in three years time, then that work is probably going to dry up or or a portion of it's going to dry up. Um, Or let me rephrase that. It would dry up if all music was, was Hmm. how much money can I make?
0: Yeah.
1: Right? But music is way deeper than that. It's been hanging around with human beings since, well, we've already discussed this since way back when. As we've already talked about with brands and then wanting to jump on music as as a way of promoting themselves, it's deeply valuable. That's not going to go away just because coronavirus yeah like it's that's not like we we need music in our lives we love it we're, we're biologically designed to love it like it's built into like science <laughs> you know um and it's built into our spirituality it's built into our
0: the whole the whole like we need it yeah so and that's the thing that because what you said there about the like those foundational building blocks that you help Artists, students, and artists develop well later down the line. That really comes, to, really pays dividends. Pardon the pun. Mm. <laughs> literally pays dividends later down the line because brands will want to. Basically, brands don't want to necessarily um, work with an artist where they don't have a sense of who they are and what they're about. It they they you know when an when they when an artist has a clear sort of identity and a point of view and that's normally when brands kind of like ah that aligns with our yeah audience and i t- and i say this in a sort of it sounds like quite cold and calculating stuff brands and oh brand you know brands wanting to jump on actually you know brands a lot of times have a story to tell as well you know they're like it's not mm. necessarily just a transactional thing it's like um and i think nike is a good example of this actually you know they very much take a stance they very much are kind of like no we're we have a point of view here and we um you know they've obviously been hugely involved in um in black lives matter and they've been hugely involved in supporting you know the protests and stuff and they've been mm. aligning with artists not always but they've been more so than a lot of brands, I'd say, aligning with artists that, ha- that have that message as well and that um, have sort of, you know, because brands will have a story and will have a personality and will have a, uh, you know, a sort of core value as well. So when they're aligning with an artist, they're aligning with that core value as well. So it's not just as simple as they're hot right now. Let's jump on there and pay them a b- bunch of money and we'll get like we'll get people buying our products. It's not always that transactional. It's actually that music or that piece of music or that artist that really resonates with who we are as, as a brand and how our company developed and um, what the story is that we're trying to tell. And actually there's a a narrative there as well. And there's, you know, there's a lot more there than just a transactional. Yeah. Just than just numbers on the spreadsheet. Exactly. And I think this is the thing that sort of comes back to the relationship between art commerce actually has gone it predates the music industry it goes back throughout time you know people like oh i want to be um you know da vinci you know (laughs) da vinci had benefactors that and the reason that da vinci was able to create the art that da vinci did was because there was someone some, was paying his rent somebody was paying yeah, yeah. the reason that the sistine uh, no, do you know what i mean the reason sistine chapel was but the reason the uh cathedral in florence was built because was the medici funded it you know yeah
1: wow yeah and like and medici as well yeah so
0: right i'm, I'm taking it to
1: the Medici. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah people whining about banking yeah <laughs> it's like That's, yeah well you, know, you wouldn't have the sistine chapel if it wasn't for for people who invented modern banking That's the thing. And it's not
0: not to be like, yay, the bankers. Absolutely not. Um, But there is this sort of unavoidable relationship between art and commerce. Of course. I don't see how you – how do you avoid it? Unless you're just like, I'm going to be a starving artist and that's okay. Even if – yeah, even if you track it back
1: to kind of even pre like pre pre medieval, pre civilizational times, right? With shamans hanging around, like being the weirdos, right? Like I don't know, finding mushrooms and taking drugs and speaking to the spirits and making song and, and singing about it. Someone had to like feed them. Like if they yeah. were by themselves, just being a shaman, then they would they wouldn't survive. Like the rest yeah. of the tribe had to do like the normal being tribe thing
0: of Actually, going out and right. doing the hunting and yeah. and now you know how artists made money back in the day like the troubadours they would go from village to village yeah. with their loot <laughs> yeah yeah or their mandolin telling stories yeah. and telling stories fed by the the village and that was and it they'd move on yeah. to the next one the next day that was touring back in the day that was touring <laughs> yeah and, and and so i guess that's it is is that
1: people people need music in their lives and you know, there's a reason why tribes, say with shamans in them, were the ones that survived, and tribes without shamans didn't. That's, that's mm-hmm. why the, you mm-hmm. know, like the, the the notion of a of a shaman, um, or or like a medicine man or a like a or woman, yeah, because you know, um, or healer or that kind of that character appears, mm. you know, um, in cultures all over the world, um, because like we need it. Mm-hmm. We need a we need a li- we need a link to the divine and we need, we need a, we need someone to just make us feel happy. Yeah. And we need to, you know, and we there's need an devices. inherent value
0: in, in, in art, like on the value that brings to culture. And actually, when you look back through history, you know, you kind of talk about the Renaissance period and you talk about music as a barometer of the time, a lot of, you know, um, yeah it's kind of markers of, of, of time. It's like, you know, people talk about the 60s and straight away a musical, Yep. you think Bob Dylan made me think of, you know, protest song and you think of, you yep. know. Jimi Hendrix and the Beatles and, yeah. And that goes throughout time, you know. You think of the 20s and maybe you think of like jazz and, you know, it's... um it has an inherent value in culture and it drives culture forward as well. And there is inherent value in that as well. That doesn't necessarily get shown on streaming rates. Yeah. But that's the thing that you need to do because this mm. is the world that we live in. Like
1: we, we we live in the, so, so somebody has to be doing that job, you know, and,
0: Um, And hey, when we used to put music on MySpace (laughs) back in the day, yeah, MySpace, nobody was getting any money for MySpace. You put a musical there, but it was just a promotional thing. You never made any money from it, yeah. And Adele, I remember being on MySpace early, early on, um, and it was one of the things that actually was the first sort of you know she built a huge fan base on MySpace before she you know. Uh, broke it was a good few years later, maybe three, four years later, where she really broke as an artist. But um, I don't think she'd go back, well, hang on, I'm not making any money from this MySpace. I'm going to stop right now. I'm going to stop this. <laughs> yeah. Where's the return on investment? You know, because yeah. exactly. Where's my ROI on my MySpace? Nah, forget this. <laughs> she didn't do that, you know. And the reason she didn't do that is because she had a much more long view of what she wanted to do and maybe a little bit of... Um, Not caring, actually, and just saying, well, I'm going to sing for my supper one way or another, so I'll get paid a different way. I'll get paid to do something live. I'll get paid, you know. And I think that's the thing. It's having a long view. And that's like if there's one sort of takeaway uh, that I would kind of give to an artist, it's that there is an inherent value on your art and what you create. No matter what any streaming platform tells you, there is an inherent value in it. And then there's a, there's a commercial value to it too. Yes. It will just be later down the line and it will be from different avenues. Yeah. Just royalties generate from streams. And that's, you know, that's exciting, if anything, you know. And there's always new ways. That's the thing. It's, there's always new ways of being creative and, um, you know, providing value that people will pay for. So, as, 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 yeah, that's, that's, that, that's the kind of main takeaway I'd want to have It's like having, yeah, inherent value in your art and then knowing that there is, even if you never make a penny from it, actually, there is inherent value in it and that the world is probably a better place for it being there. Yep. Yeah. And then it, then there's also going to be commercial opportunities down the line as well. Yeah. And have a long view of it rather than sure, expecting think it will happen overnight. And there's a question
1: mark coming up for me now, which is we've talked around all this. Um, what, what would we recommend? Like what, so our listeners, those of the, those of them that want to, want to make a go of music in some way or another, what, what, what do they do now? In terms of, <laughs> in terms of trying to make money.
2: Mm, well, big question, I guess. Um, I've done this with a few different people and I've just kind of gone, why don't you just sit down with a pen and a paper and think of all the ways that you can make money and how closely they're related to your end goal. Mm. Your end goal being to be an artist. So obviously the most obvious thing would be I can make money as an artist Mm. via streaming. Mm. We've already talked at great length about how um you'll have to put some money in and do this blah 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 and you might not get the return on investment that you expected um if this was pre-coronavirus and 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 it will hopefully be the same post-coronavirus um it will be um something that ben mentioned uh, covers band for Mm. instance now you want to be an artist um it's a good idea to be part of a covers band because, you know, it, 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 you're um, practicing, um, being an artist, your instrument will become stronger if that's your voice or your guitar or your bass or whatever. Um, and, you know, it, it's good because because you'll be making money. Um, yeah, you can make some good money, actually. You'll be doing weddings and all of that kind of stuff. You'll make some decent hmm? money, right? It could be something as simple as going to work in a recording studio or a label or something like that as well. Yeah. Okay. That's once or twice removed from you being a superstar Mm -hmm. artist, but you know, it's getting you around the right people. You're getting paid. You might not be getting paid loads, but you're getting paid and you're working on your music on the side and you're building the connections you need to build. Basically that is my personal advice. I've done it with many people uh, who are close to me, and people who I've mentored, all of that kind of stuff. So mm. you, you, you've got to be able to take a look at all of the ways that you can do it. But and and you and you think
1: trying to make your like your your so whilst you're building up the your your your, your own work as, as as an independent artist, mm. you think that whatever else you're doing to support that in the early days ought to be as close to the music industry as, 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 as you can.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because, or, you know, the thing is uh, doing a job outside of the music industry or whatever, it can really like, and I'm just speaking from personal experience here. When I left university, I didn't Mm -hmm. do anything to do with music for a couple of years. It wasn't music industry related and it was soul destroying i put a lot of investment into wanting to be part of the music industry, but the opportunities just weren't there. So I was customer service agent for mm. a company, which was, you know, just not what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, And that will affect you in a different way. It will affect your mental health. Um, You want to try and do something related to the music industry, even if it's a private teacher on an instrument, that's perfect. You're still getting to, and, and we've spoken about this before, really. Um, mm. You're still getting to, um, you know, practice, as it were, mm. where you're also understanding yourself better and your instrument better, but you leave yourself open, more open to opportunities as well. So instead of being this, you know, being a customer service agent for eight hours a day, yeah. having to reply to emails or that are nothing to do with music... In the downtime, in the few gaps that you have, you can look for mu- more musical opportunities. You can be creating, obviously, mm. uh, working with, with people, collaborating with people. It, it kind of keeps you in that zone um, to keep you um, around music and to keep the opportunities coming. Because, yeah. you know, there's, there's this network of opportunities that will start to um, present itself
1: yeah and uh, just on that there's a few ways like um and that thing about getting as close to music as possible um you know so for example if you're uh if if you wait tables on a week you know maybe you've got as a teenager you got a saturday job or whatever and what you do to make a bit of money is wait tables so that's where your experience is that's what you've got on your cv well where's like the coolest coffee shop in mm. wherever you work you know Where's somewhere where, where, that has live music? You know, yeah, you, right. You know. Where's somewhere that's got live music? Yeah. Where's somewhere where there's other creatives? When that, I said live kind of music. It be could
0: around. be a, 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 a hotel lobby. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they have yeah. you know some of the great musicians playing. You know, My girl Tori Amos <laughs> played at the Marriott <laughs> for years and years and years and years as a lounge as a lounge pianist, and as she's was said, mate, had it was one of the most. L- one of the best learning experiences because you get every kind of audience member you can think of mm. in every kind of situation, and it teaches you as a performer. Yeah, Um, you know, doing that stuff. And like Amir said, it kind of doing that stuff is all contributing to making you a better artist, making you a more rounded artist. All the kind of skills that you get, and you're all building towards. It's all building towards something. And I think if you do something that's like a day job to support yourself, that's fine. Yeah, The thing is, I think, like you were saying, it's like you're you're sort of maybe not contributing as much to your development as you would be. But, you know, you need to pay the bills and you've got to do it. Although I would say, though, what you do get from that maybe is some transfer, because your time doing customer service work, you would have got transferable skills from that that are benefiting you right now, like in terms of like, how organized, because you said this in one of the previous episodes, how it organized you were well with your email management and replying to Peter and organizing your day and stuff, there will be some stuff that came as a transferable skill from that work. Yeah. Um But I think that's that's the thing to see the value in the transferable skills. And but wherever you can to be working in because the thing is I think what Mir said is something that I've experienced as well as you feel like, oh, I should be doing something else. This is okay. This is fine. And it's paying the bills right now. It's good. But it feels like I'm unhappy because it's taking me away from something else that I really want to be doing. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah. And it's finding ways to feed
1: that. And so, I mean, mm. even like if, if you're going to be a sales assistant, mm. okay, well, can you be a sales assistant for an online music retailer? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, you know, like, it's kind of. you've got to do what you've got to do but like you say yeah look for the angle look for the the way that you can just nudge yourself a little closer to something that's going to support you and support your
2: music always 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 um you know be developing and you know like the funny thing is um when you are in that kind of situation um that you might force a a new way of doing Mm. things and and that's what we call creativity really isn't it um you might see an opportunity that other people haven't seen and all of a sudden you you're early to adopt that opportunity or jump on it or push it further um that's only going to benefit you probably financially but also creatively i guess as well Mm. you're always um I think when you're in those kind of situations particularly and your mind is open and you're looking and I guess being active and not passive about Mm. that stuff I think you'll start to see the revenue streams let's even pretend that you were just an artist and you were just kind of getting started and whatever and our list is is by no means exhaustive, right? No. Oh, no. And there'll be new things all the time. And there'll be new things, right? Um, but then you kind of... You might be the person who's doing the new thing. Mm. And so, therefore, you know, because you're open and active, um, you are you are pushing that forward a little bit more and, and that becomes a revenue stream for you from which you can launch whatever else you need to. And So, let's say let's say you're an amazing singer. You haven't had much success on Instagram, getting followers or whatever, because it's, you know, very saturated. You pick up a new platform Mm. that's just come up. You adopt it early. You're one of, one of the most wonderful musicians on there. You've got loads of followers that turns into somehow money. And then you get to fund a single, an EP an album and off you go. Uh, You've created a revenue stream from, the music that you have but also on this platform you were just performing covers yeah yeah so it's 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 always being open um being methodical of course take a pen and paper look at all of the ways that you can you can do it And, and and there might be 10 ways that you have to do at the same time And that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. I want to just, I just want to throw another little piece on the top of that, because all of that is true. Absolutely.
1: Yes. And there's something about staying open to um, other things that emerge as well. So maybe Mm. initially you wanted to be an artist. That was your aim. Mm. That was your goal. And so you set out on this journey. And one of the things that you do in order to fund the becoming an artist, you start to really enjoy it. Mm. And you start to see the value, the value in that thing. Don't be so quick to squash that emerging love. Yep. That's history. right. Just because it doesn't fit the old plan. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like be, be be willing to to go down that, you know. And that that's that's been my route. Yeah, you know? same. Like me too. I, I started out wanting to be an artist. Same. You know, I think and all then, three of us then, did,
0: didn't we? Yeah. Right, right,
1: and then and then went into. Um, then went into music retail found I was really enjoying the process of explaining mm. like explaining the stuff stuff I'd learned to mm. customers to make sure they were making the right um decision for what product to buy um that then led me on to the the, the possibility of of teaching followed mm. that and now I'm in a place where I I, I love educating mm. way more than I do making doing my own stuff yeah now sometimes i need to do my own stuff because yeah. I'm, a, I'm i'm a creative and i'm a, musician a and creative it just, and it just it's going to happen yeah but you know i absolutely love the, the 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 education side and the teaching yeah so that's probably that's probably going to be a piece of piece of what i do musically kind of forever forever yeah <laughs> you know like absolutely um, but that that i didn't think that that would be the case when i was 17 18
0: years old because it never looks like what you think it's going to look like, or very rarely does it look like what you're going to, and, and even for like somebody like Ed a, a like, or a Justin Bieber or something, it probably doesn't look like what they actually thought, because they probably didn't quite know what they thought, you know, they were just going along, they were going along on the ride, you know. But I, I, the same for me, you know, kind of wanted to be an artist and songwriter and then um, actually found that I really enjoyed writing about music and worked as a music and then that's when I started working as a music journalist. And actually then from that wrote and created digital content. And then that led into social media and then that led into digital marketing, mm. you know? So all of these things, it's, it's, things don't tend to look exactly how you thought they were going to look. Um, and being open to that, I think is like you said, hugely, hugely key because otherwise there'll be opportunities that you don't necessarily go for it could be um i saw a great quote from um
1: jacob collier yeah recently and um, he said follow your goosebumps yeah mm-hmm. always, yeah. always, and always allow that you know those goosebumps that you feel when you think oh yeah i really want to be an artist they may come along for something that mm-hmm. you didn't think was going to be the case at all you know in five years time and then like still f- follow them yeah. and do the thing that Amir's talking about, which is like be diligent about it and be mm. you know don't just wander
2: aimlessly into yeah. into life as well. it's like it's holding both of those, yeah, of course, of course and and you guys know in my own experience, there was the desire to be an artist and all of that kind of stuff, but then I just really just just dived into production and I was like, you know this is oh this is yeah. This is yeah. nice. Mm. Um, it's. I still get to be an artist, mm, I guess. Still creative, yeah. Um, but I I, I I. don't have to carry the the pressure or the burden that an artist would and the expectations that I've put on myself. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I, I looked around me and there were people who were just, as an artist, they were just 10 times better than me. And I was just like, do you know what? I can... It's not that I'm intimidated, but also if I can't be um, in incredible in that arena, do I really want to play in that arena? So, you know, I just started to find a love for production and I still get to be an artist through production. I do a lot of uh, production, but, you know, I do vocal recording and engineering mm. and arrangement and, you know, my primary instrument was the voice and so it's kind of like you know a little bit of a vibe with the artist and and you're like can you sing this like this and they're like oh my god that's so good and i didn't know you could sing and you know all of that kind of stuff and that's all the fulfillment i need Um, yeah yeah because they they sound a million times better than I ever could. Um, but the ideas are mine and yeah. and they're going on to the record. So it's, that's
1: yeah. a,
0: it's still hugely creative, isn't it?
1: And yeah, and, and you're, you're, you're birthing great music. Exactly. Like just, you found a, a different loop. It's, you're not the mouthpiece at the centre. You found another
2: way to do, to do that same thing. And, and that's why we got into this in the first place, because we wanted to make music that we thought was amazing. Yes. And... It came from us initially, but, you know, we've spoken about collaboration and all of that kind of stuff. It's a wonderful way of doing things. Um, and for me, yeah, I, I it was very much the goosebumps thing, you know? And I felt a sense of those goosebumps, I guess, when, when I went, damn, I took this song from from here all, all the way to a finished record, and it sounds amazing. Um yeah. And that is like a real moment, Um, and I have those moments, luckily, fairly often. Yeah,
0: and that's your craft now. That's become your main. Yeah, right. Craft and, um, but even then, you're diversifying as well. Like I was saying before, you're (laughs) because. That's, that's your core craft. But then, like I say, there's workshops and there's mm, of um, training and things like that. So it's... Yeah, of course. that is and you the, start um, finding more and more tentacles come off from... Yeah, that's right. I mean,
2: that's the passion that Ben was yeah. talking about. Um, the passion for educating, yeah. the passion for bringing up maybe a people, 10 people, uh, a generation um, of people who who see you as something that they aspire to be uh that is um a beautiful feeling um but also it's a service to the world really um it's a service to the world and i see what i do personally as a service industry funnily enough chris as you were saying with customer service experiences yeah is transferring over to that i always provide a service yeah,
0: because you're providing service for the for the artist absolutely
2: and so you know even if you start out wanting to be an artist or you take a detour from that you become a session musician um a producer an engineer whatever it is um anything it doesn't matter. As, as long as you're connected to music and you feel great and you get the goosebumps, like Ben said, you have a revenue stream, essentially. Mm. <laughs> follow the goosebumps, the money will follow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so there you go. Well, and maybe. some other stuff too. <laughs>
1: some, uh, yeah. And some other stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I think for me, it's like the, the sort of, i thing is like the like, yeah, it's like all of that stuff you're saying, like, it has value. It has so much inherent value. Even if it never makes a physical penny, it has so much cultural um, intrinsic value. That said, it's okay for it to make money too. Everyone needs I, to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: I mean, yeah. that's right, yeah. At, at the end of the day, that's what you wanted, isn't yeah. it? You wanted to make money. You wanted to, to do it for a living. Yeah. And so if that is the case, then you accept that mm. sometimes i feel like we as artists may undervalue our own value mm, that's so true and and that's <laughs> yeah. a problem that we kind of get into because you know it, it's one of those things where you're like um i i might not be able to ask for more than 50 pounds mm. for you know the this two hours set really at the bar. Of like, yeah and it, it's kind of a limiting belief mm. um, and it doesn't mean that you can ask for a thousand pounds for you know th- that session Two
0: hundred thousand 000 pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly
2: <laughs> <laughs> but but you know you have to um like chris said it's the inherent value mm. and 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 you have to actually as an artist you have to believe that you you and your product has an inherent value in order for it to have a monetary value Um, because you don't want to be caught in the trap of going, oh, I can only ask for, like, £50 to play this set at the bar or whatever. Don't do that. It's not a good idea.
0: It's Like you say, it's inherent value. And businesses have music in their establishments because it brings in custom who then spend money at the bar and at the tables and buy food. They are bringing in value to that establishment. So that's why they have the music. So the, the... the uh, people that run those businesses know that music has an inherent value there because it brings money, it brings footfall, it brings people in. You know, definitely, um, I agree. That's the thing yeah. I think artists have do have this sort of tendency to be like mm, money, yeah, de-
2: and selling themselves short to some degree, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's like, um, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's okay for you know. That's th- I think that's the thing that's something to maybe address is that I think artists have this sort of in- instinctive like ooh, 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 money doesn't feel good talking about it it's a bit yep. yeah like, yeah oh, yeah yeah uh, mm. and it's like you know everyone's got to eat <laughs> <laughs> everyone has got to eat
2: yeah and 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 the conversation can turn awkward when it comes to money but always remember um, you have a right to ask for Mm. whatever you think you're worth and and that's where your business skills will come in because someone might try and negotiate with you or whatever but you know don't be scared to have that conversation have them as upfront as you can as well um whenever i'm working myself on a project and chris i'm sure it's the same with you and Ben, anytime you're doing teaching, you you probably put your rate forward mm. first and you go, this is how much I can, this is how much I'm going to charge you for this service. Um, don't wait until after the fact mm. um, because they'll be like, oh, I can't afford that. Oh, I don't have that and whatever. When you've already done the job, of course, try and have the confidence to go, um, I'm, I'm telling you how much I'm worth. You can negotiate, mm. but I'm telling you how much I'm worth and um i don't want this to turn into an, an awkward conversation so just approach it with confidence
0: yeah and know that the thing and that's know what your value is and know what the mark what your value is on the marketplace
2: yeah and and you need to be able to say you know um people are going to be willing to, well here's another thing people will think no one's going to be willing to pay me for what i ask or what i have asked um but there are as, as much as there are many unfair people, there are just as many fair people yeah. who are like, you know, you got in your car, you loaded your instrument, you did this, you know, you let me pay you for performing at this bar or wedding or whatever it is, right? Um, some people will pay you even very handsomely, more handsomely yeah. than, than,
0: than you might think. So somebody knows that I... What? On nights when I have a live act in, I bring 10, you know, I get 10 to 20% more on the bar, uh, on the bar. Like there's value there already. Okay. Um, If they know, well, other, um, so it's, it's like you say, people will value what you do. Then also you need to value yourself, but then also know what sort of, okay, well in the marketplace, I'm worth about this because I know that to hire another producer to do this, you'd be spending that, to hire somebody of my experience, you, you know, I'm going to charge a little bit more than them because I've got more experience than them. And, you know, you're not going to get somebody as experienced as me for less because I, you know, know your industry and know your um, your peers. Mm. Um, because if you're placing yourself, you know, correctly within that, you, you can't really go wrong because it's like, Look, you can go around and have all the conversations. Come back to me when you realise <laughs> that I've quoted you fairly. You know, of course, yeah, definitely. And it's, it can be a difficult. And again, when people are artistic and creative, these skills don't—they're not necessary skills that come naturally. Uh, and there is an actual um, tendency to push back against it and to not want to. I think because your sort of music is pure and it's you know it's my emotional um outlet and stuff and it's like i don't want to muddy it with sort of um money negotiation stuff like hard, that, you yeah know. like hardness yeah yeah it's that's what it is it's yeah. hard it's something that feels hardness and it's and it's not really it feels like it is but it isn't it's just saying okay well that's gonna cost this you know take it or leave it They always have the right to say no. You could say no. Don't need to be
1: horrible about it or demanding or expectant.
0: Exactly. It doesn't need to be adversarial. It doesn't need to be conflict. It's just like, okay, well, that's how much this costs. You know, to hire, you know, me as the artist for the night, that's how much it costs. And to hire me as a producer, you know, to hire me as a teacher or a lecturer or a consultant or, you know, you know, that's how much it costs. That's okay if you you don't want it or can't afford it or, um, you know, don't just don't want to spend it that's okay because someone else will yeah and i mean it's it's not any deeper than that yeah
2: chris i mean great great point because someone else will Mm -hmm. that scarcity versus abundance yeah right so we might feel as artists that everything is very you know scarce and we take whatever we can and you know all of that kind of stuff abundance obviously is actually the fact that you can exist as an artist in let's say um cleveland ohio Mm. right um and today your music can be heard all across the world Mm. and you can your music is being received very well and you can set up a tour that you know completely bypasses america and goes to all of the major european cities because you've got data that shows you that you're wanted there
0: there's an audience
2: yeah that's the abundance mindset to go it doesn't matter if i don't really have a big following in new york um what matters to me um is that there are people out there who want to hear my music and mm. and and they'll pay for my merch and they'll do x y and z um and i'm not just gonna take the crumbs and do all of that kind of stuff you know um know that there's a what they call um a, a long tail now uh, and and that's a theory that was in a book that i read i'll have to go back and find uh, exactly what it is and, and show you what it is the graphic but it's it used to be like the only way that you could get on was to do this that and the next and be around the right people and you know um but now we have a a long tail which basically means that you know we don't have to be number one in order to in, in in the charts world across the world, in order for us to have a or make a living as a musician. Yeah. And we can, you know, access fans and uh, across the world. Um and they can provide us with a lot of different revenue streams. Yeah. And we can succeed at being an artist and living on wages that you might have to go and do another job that you don't want to do for the same wage, right? Right. And so I think it's very important for us to be thinking in an abundant manner,
0: rather than a scarce manner. Absolutely, I like that. I like that very much. That's a nice, I think that's a nice note to maybe wrap up on. Yeah, Yeah, sure. That nice positive uh, affirmation there. Yeah, man, just trying to keep it positive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. All righty then. Well, I think we've come to the end of the episode and end of season one. How about that? Crazy. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but we are planning on being back with season two where we will be having some guests on from various uh corners of the music industry far and wide so definitely that should be quite exciting um and in the meantime thank you very much for watching we've been charting tracks you can stream and follow and subscribe on all places where you can get your podcasts whether it's spotify apple music whether it's youtube whether it's tune in radio where it's you know any and all places you can also follow us on uh facebook twitter instagram youtube at charting tracks please do send us your comments send us your questions rate review you know interact and and we'll interact back um but for now we've been charting tracks and thank you very much for listening and watching
2: Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.